This is Ye Old Dragons Library, the storytelling podcast. This is the place to hear fantastical fiction and hear from authors of fantastical news stories. This episode is another chapter in the fantasy novel Plantwise, book one in the Steward's World series. If you're ready for the magic of story, let's begin. Chapter 7 Arden had gone to bed after the welcoming festivities with the awful, aching surety that part of her dissatisfaction came from jealousy. Ambray would be a brilliant marriage alliance, and Alex would be very happy with Bianca, if first impressions meant anything. Arden wanted Darian to look at her like Alex looked at Bianca, even as she recoiled from the image of him being so starstruck and somewhat silly. She wanted the freedom to let her heart relax and encourage him. She wanted Darian to be free to feel whatever she dared to hope was growing between them now that their friendship had been healed. To stop tormenting herself with regrets and longings, she focused on the dilemma of Maddox's latest letter. While she found some pleasure in delaying her response for an entire week now, and frustrating Maddox's courier and the insistent maidservant, that couldn't last very long. She suspected that irritating Maddox wasn't wise. Besides, what if he was right, and they would end up married for the sake of the alliance between their kingdoms? He had told her he paid strict attention to the diplomatic interactions of all the surrounding nations, and a wise king never forgot an insult, a slight, a dishonorable action, a broken promise, or an unprovoked attack. What if he was that way in his personal life, not just political? Yes, Maddox needed to be dealt with soon, just to ward off future problems. I think you need to be a little more forceful in impressing on him the duties and requirements of a gifting, Glenna said. Today, Arden had come out without Darien. Because the farms were close enough together and enough foot traffic all around, no strangers could come near her without arousing suspicion. Arden had come to rest at a stream that served as the boundary line between two farms. While many local farmers knew Glinna accompanied Arden, not everyone they encountered, even half a day's walk from Portham, did. She and Glinna had made it a practice to carry on the conversations out of the hearing of most people. It wouldn't do for those who didn't know what a gifting entailed to fear their princess was slowly losing her mind talking to people who weren't there. A gift or a blessing hoarded, Glenna said, especially from selfish or bitter reasons or to cause harm, will turn to poison sooner or later. Those who profit the most from the hoarding will be harmed the most as the poison spreads throughout the land. Yes, I did mention that to him several years ago. Do you know what his response was? Arden shuddered, disgusted with herself that she hadn't taken warning back then. He said if I stayed in Westerland and kept my gift for my father's kingdom alone, that was just as selfish and it would eventually harm the kingdom. I had a royal duty to spread my gift abroad. Oh, clever, Glynna said. That royal snot just sounds worse the more I learn about him. She nodded and patted Arden's shoulder as much as she was able. Never you fear, dear. We'll find a way to free you of him. And if Yeshin blesses us, Ensure all his schemes and nastiness fall back on himself. But remember, never stoop to use the tactics he's been using on you. 
Such things have a way of rebounding and making the injustice even worse. Arden nodded and muttered agreement and tried not to feel irritated. Glinna was right, and she knew she should be grateful for such warnings. At the same time, didn't she have a right to wallow, just for a little bit, in her irritation and bitterness? If she could find a way to expose Maddox's true face to the world, without humiliating herself and confessing yet again her silliness, she would do it. She just needed to figure out how. The question returned to her thoughts when she settled at a roadside well to have her lunch of bread and cheese and record in her journal her observations of the soil and insects and the health of the fields she had walked through that morning. She would spend an hour before dinner discussing these things with her father's division ministers to help them prepare for the approaching harvest. She caught a glimpse of herself as she pulled up a bucket from the well to have a drink with her meal. Arden laughed at the smudges of dirt and sap on her face that she had picked up in her rambles, reaching through vines and digging in the soil. Further inspection of her rough-spun clothes revealed more smears of dirt and sticky places from broken branches, and one sleeve was torn where it had caught on brambles. Her feet were especially dusty, and her sturdy wooden clogs made for tromping across fields and through forests. She slipped her shoes off and spilled the first bucket of water on them and laughed at the streaks of mud that resulted. The cool water on her hot, dusty feet felt incredibly delicious. Darian was supposed to come meet her for this afternoon's inspection of fields farther out from Portham. She missed his company this morning and wondered if he would laugh when he saw her dirty and must with wet, muddy feet. Maddox wouldn't laugh, she knew, with a sudden dropping of her spirits. He would lecture her on the duty of royalty to always present a proper image and command the respect of everyone. Then it occurred to her that if he saw her right now, Maddox wouldn't recognize her. Wouldn't that be a delicious joke to play on him? Not that she wanted to see Maddox any time soon, or for the next twenty years, for that matter. She smiled at the thought of sharing that observation with Glinna when her mentor returned, and bent to raise another bucket of water from the well. Lately, Glinna couldn't seem to stay in one place. She kept flitting away, vanishing for half an hour at a time, and then floating back with that particularly distracted look on her face that always gave Arden a momentary thud of fear. Was Glinna losing herself? Would she some day fade away, so even the one she gifted would not be able to hear or see her? What would she do without Glinna? Grow up and stop acting like a selfish child who thinks the world revolves around her. That's what, she whispered. Arden knew Glinna needed to retire to that resting place regularly to commune with Yeshin and other gifted souls and refresh herself. Common sense, said the harvest, combined with all the turmoil over Maddox, had been especially draining on Glinna. Her teacher would return soon and everything would be normal again except for the dancing and socializing scheduled for this evening. Another evening of watching her brother stumble over himself in his growing infatuation with Bianca. Please, Yashin, let her be kind to him. Please, let them be happy if they end up together, she whispered, and punctuated that prayer by tugging up her skirts and dumping the bucket of water on her legs from the knees down. Arden gasped, delighted with the chill, and bent to raise another bucket. We've come to a break in the story. I'd like to take a moment to tell you about a book that you might be interested in reading. 
Are you enjoying listening to PlantWise so far? Are you impatient to find out what happens next? You don't have to wait to hear more of the story here in the podcast. The audiobook, ebook, and print versions of PlantWise are available now. You can go to yeolddragonbooks.com. That's Y E O L D E dragonbooks.com to order, or almost every other online retailer to get your copy. If you belong to the Ye Old Dragons Library Patreon group, you'd have an opportunity to pre-order releases of the featured books at a discount, along with free short story bonuses as they become available. Please consider joining our Patreon group. And now, back to the story. She was digging in her satchel for the little wooden cup she carried on her rambles to dip up a drink from the bucket when Glynna returned. She forgot about washing her face and neatening her hair, as she had intended, as she nibbled her bread and cheese and the two of them chatted about the notes she was making in her journal. The muffled clopping of many horses' hooves and the rumble of wagon wheels on the dirt and gravel road caught Arden's attention as she was putting her journal away. Standing brought the road into her view, revealing the procession on the winding road that would eventually lead to the main gate of Portham. Banners, scarlet and gold and black silk, displayed the castle tower crest of Stonemount. The horses were bright with silver tack, and tassels swayed on their saddle pads and bridles. The wagons gleamed with fresh paint, bright red that nearly matched the banners. Twenty horses, all in deep, dark brown, all carrying Stonemount soldiers. Three wagons, their cargo covered with black tarpaulins. At the head of the procession, Sitting a glossy black horse, two full hands taller than all the others, was Prince Maddox. Despite herself, Arden's heart skipped a few beats at the sight of that perfect profile and golden hair and the straight shoulders. He wore scarlet and black trimmed in gold, and his scabbard had gold trim and his black boots gleamed in the afternoon sunlight. Next to him rode Lord Jago. Arden shuddered and stepped further back as if the shadow of the roof over the well could hide her. She had never liked the way Jago looked her over the few times she had seen him. She sensed that when Jago looked at her, he didn't see a girl or even a princess. She couldn't quite decide what the man saw, but it was something she represented. Several serving men rode behind the prince and the counselor. Despite their black livery trimmed in gold, immaculate hair, and upright posture, there was something almost brutish about them, like bears that had been drugged sleepy and obedient, dressed in clothes and trained to sit at table and eat daintily. As soon as the drugs wore off, they would tear free and batter anyone who happened to be close. Jago gestured out across the road, to the fields on both sides. Arden held perfectly still, silently praying they wouldn't see her. To her dismay, the company slowed as they approached the tiny shelter that marked the well. All this will be yours some day, Jago said. A bunch of farmers should be easy to conquer, the man directly behind Maddox said. There was a hungry rumble in his voice. I don't understand why your father didn't invade years ago. Common sense. Maddox smirked, an expression Arden had never seen him wear. It made him look sly and arrogant. It made her feel as if he despised the rich fields ready for harvest. A war to take over Westerland will destroy too much. This will be mine through my son. My first son will inherit Stonemount, and my second son will inherit Westerland when his uncle dies without an heir, 
Alex will die without an heir, won't he? Jago nodded, and the two brutes riding behind them chuckled. Arden wanted to run. She needed to hear more. She had to protect her brother. If she married Maddox, if she gave him a son, then Maddox would kill her brother. Never, 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 she whispered, and caught her breath, afraid even that was too loud. It's all right, dear heart, Glynna murmured. Consider this a gift from Yeshen. We are warned. We can prepare. Arden wanted to cry out how they could be prepared, when she never would have considered such a selfish, cruel scheme in her entire life. The man sitting behind Jago turned to look at her. She wondered if she would live to reach the palace, to warn her family. I'm thirsty, the man said. You, girl, he gestured at Arden. Bring us something to drink. Since when do you settle for water, the other man said. Maddox chuckled, a sneering kind of sound that Arden never would have expected him to produce. He leaned forward to see past Jago, who rode on the well side of the road. His gaze traveled over Arden, and she fought not to cover her face. She prayed the dirt on her face, the smears on her clothes, the kerchief covering her tightly braided hair wound around her head changed her enough to hide her. Clancy, stop frightening the peasants, Jago said, with a sigh that clearly said he thought this was amusing. I'm not the one who froze her, the second brute said. Yes, but Bathan is the pretty one of you two. The man who had called out to Arden let out a guffaw. She couldn't tell the difference between them, both with heavy features and dark, thick hair, wide noses and muscles straining at their livery. Water, you silly chit, Bathan said, and smiled. She doubted he was trying to be kind. Yeshin, help me, she whispered, and bent to fill the bucket. Not bad looking at all. What do you think? Maddox said, clearly making no attempt to soften his voice. Arden turned around in time to see him studying her figure. Jago sniffed loudly. Typical of the peasants in this country, Highness. She's like a wild flower, lovely today but prone to fade quickly. <laughs> then I should pluck the flower immediately. Though she'll need to be washed. A nasty chuckle escaped him. Yeshin hears, Glynna said. She rose up higher than the roof of the well shelter and gestured down the road. Arden thought she heard hoofbeats. Would Maddox dare try anything if there were witnesses? How many hoofs did she hear? She delayed a few seconds, bending to put on her shoes, and pretended the bucket was too heavy, holding it out awkwardly in front of herself with both hands. As she stepped across the little wooden bridge that covered the deep ditch between the road and the well, she saw a familiar roan horse come out from behind the cluster of trees that shielded the bend in the road. Darian, in uniform, meaning he had come directly from errands for her father, riding alone but leading her mare. Arden nearly stumbled and dropped the bucket in her relief. She believed she could run and leap into the saddle, if need be, and they could race away if Maddox tried anything. She didn't want to learn what he considered plucking. Everyone's attention turned to Darian, and the grins on the two serving men faded. Maddox looked slightly disgruntled, but she saw him smooth his features into that mask of benign, gracious royalty that she had seen him wear every time he visited Westerland. It was indeed a mask, Arden realized now. He had fooled everyone, not just her. Welcome to Westerland, Prince Maddox, Darian said bowing in the saddle. His glance shifted just slightly to Arden. She took a chance that no one was looking at her and pressed a finger to her lips. Have you had a pleasant journey? 
And you are? Maddox asked, after a pause, and sat up a little straighter. Arden was close enough now, she thought perhaps he was surprised. Why? It wasn't like he didn't want to be recognized with all the pomps surrounding him. Did he think he could reach Portham and the palace and surprise everyone? Or maybe he was just passing through and hadn't intended to stop in at the palace at all? That was rude of him. Then again, he might have been planning on kidnapping her and convincing her they had eloped, and the soldiers were there to intimidate anyone who might try to rescue her. Yes, after the little she had just heard, and the new interpretation of his letters, that was exactly what she expected from the real Maddox. I am Darian Fitzcairn, captain of the guard. You have caught us unprepared, as all our energies are focused on the current visitors at the palace. And yes, we are preparing for the harvest. He gestured at the fields heavy with grain, the orchards on the other side of the road. What brings you to Westerland? We weren't expecting you for another six weeks at Princess Arden's birthday celebration. Yes, true. Maddox's expression soured for just a moment. Other visitors? Don't tell me His Majesty is entertaining other royal envoys, perhaps thinking of changing his long-time alliance with Stonemount? My duties are to protect Westerland, not advise the king. Darian shrugged. How can I be of service to you? Oh, very well done, Glenna said. You say you're not a diplomat, but you're knocking the pompous ass completely off balance. Arden swallowed hard to keep from laughing. She knew she shouldn't laugh. Any moment now, Maddox would turn and recognize her, and then they would be lost. Yes, well, this is not an official visit. We are traveling through to Ambray to try to iron out some trade difficulties. We can only stay overnight, if it will not strain His Majesty's resources to offer us hospitality with other guests in the palace. Westerland has been blessed by Yeshin, and hospitality is our greatest pleasure. Darian glanced at Arden and dropped the reins of her mare. If you will excuse me, I must attend to an errand, and then I will go ahead to alert His Majesty that you will be arriving soon. Give me that, Clancy snarled, and snapped his fingers and gestured at the bucket Arden had put on the ground three steps away from his horse. When she didn't respond immediately, he raised his hand like he would slap at her. Rose, Darian said, his voice louder, there you are. Queen Elise sent me for you. Did you find those herbs she needs? Arden gaped for a heartbeat. Then she fought not to laugh as she realized the trick he was playing on Maddox. Yes, my lord, I'll get it. She darted away, across the little bridge, and snatched up her satchel. She whistled for her mare as she jammed her journal, the pen, and ink pot back into the satchel and hurried back to the side of the road. She shuddered a little at the way Maddox, Clancy, and Bathan all watched her legs as she climbed into the saddle. She refused to tug her skirts down below her knees. Darian gestured with a tip of his head for her to go. She dug her heels into her mare's sides, nearly knocking one wooden shoe loose, and trotted down the road. Darian was her hero, as if he hadn't been one already long before this. And Maddox didn't recognize her. How would she face him this evening? How could she look him in the eyes and smile at his flattery and not confront him with what she overheard? How could she resist him when he maneuvered her into a hidden corner or out into the darkness for some privacy? How had she not died from poisoning all those times he had stolen kisses? Arden's Dress for Tonight's Festivities 
so new it still had a few pins from the castle seamstress's hands, was a shimmering, elegantly simple gown in a shade of blue-green that matched her eyes and made her hair's red tones more pronounced. Just this morning, she had been impatient for tonight's dancing, just to see Darian's eyes light up when he saw her in it. Now, the thought of dancing with Maddox, while he continued his game of seduction and courtship, made her hate the dress. His presence sullied it, and he would flatter himself that she wore it for his pleasure. Darian waited at the bottom of the staircase from the family's quarters when Arden came down to the formal dining hall. She sent up a silent prayer of thanks that he was always right where she needed him to be. He didn't even need to be told that she feared Maddox would try to intercept her and steal some private time. Please, Yeshin, she whispered, and couldn't complete the prayer because there were so many things she wanted to ask for herself and for Darian and both of them together. Uppermost in her thoughts was concern for Mistress Rose, Darian's mother. She had fallen ill during the spring tour of Westerland, serving in her capacity as teacher-examiner. Her duties focused on ensuring that the schools paid for by the Crown had all the supplies they needed, and families were able to send their children to school without creating a hardship. Her traveling party had been attacked by troublemakers from over the southern border, and she had been injured. Five months later, she still hadn't fully recovered. Oh, now isn't that suspicious, Glynna said, her tone sour as she faded into view. Arden turned to look where her teacher looked. Her heart sank. Sweetheart. Maddox appeared from the shadows of the hallway off the other side of the staircase. We're already at the end of today's chapter. I hope you enjoyed yourself and you're eagerly looking forward to the next episode of Ye Old Dragons Library. <laughs>